Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Good morning, Welcome to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy with you. Brenda, good morning. Good morning, Joe. On this last day of January, glad to put this month behind us. Hope the weather warms up just a little bit and uh, we continue to move on in this pandemic. So kind of glad to get January behind me, Joe. Yeah, get January out of the way. You know, things are... Uh, things are looking up when you look at the vaccines. Johnson and Johnson is now here, and, and let me tell you, Brenda, I am all for the one-shot vaccine more than uh, having to go and get that second shot. So, uh, you know, good things on the horizon, um, as you say. We get rid of January, move into February, and hopefully more good COVID news than bad COVID news uh, in the days and weeks ahead. Well, I certainly hope so. It has been a week. <laughs> since we last talked to you <laughs> and um today we have a jam-packed show so let's just get right into it you know there is uh politics there are uh well politics really is what this show's all about and gop chair of the state of new york is joining us nick langworthy nick good morning good morning uh nick it- go ahead brenda um, Nick, Joe is at the station. I'm at home broadcasting as we uh, continue to live life a little differently in the pandemic. So uh, pardon us for jumping on each other here. Um, you are fresh off of a uh, an appearance last night on Fox with Judge Janine Pirro. I watched your appearance and you had some pretty strong words about uh, Governor Cuomo and the report that he underreported, uh, according to the uh, report by A.G. Letitia James reported the deaths being very different uh, in the nursing homes, that they really are probably double what he's been reporting. Uh, What can you tell us about what you know and what do you think will happen now that this report has been put forth by uh, Letitia James? Well, you know, there's been people talking about this for months and months, Brenda, uh, that the the death count was severely underreported, it started to trickle out, you know, in the midst of the pandemic. You know, early on, the governor on March 25th signed an executive order, which ordered that uh, COVID positive patients could be put back into nursing homes and prohibited uh, them from being tested before entry. It's a toxic brew. It's something that no other governor in America did. 
this is one of the greatest abuses of the emergency powers uh, that I could imagine, because by, by the governor's own statement in the summer, it, COVID would run through a nursing home like a flame through dry grass. And uh, so many uh, unnecessary deaths uh, of our of our most vulnerable population. You know, I was on uh, Judge Janine's program last night with Janice Dean, who has been very courageous, talking about her family sacrifice, losing both of her in-laws uh, in nursing homes to COVID-19. Uh, and they, they, they were given no answers. They were starved out. Uh, of of any information as this was ongoing and you know these people were cheated of the final days of their lives many of which probably you know didn't have a lot of time left but they were alone they uh didn't need to die in this fashion and the governor's mismanagement of this crisis is what led to this it, this was his signature his pen his stationery and his executive order that made this you know un unbelievable policy a reality and now his own hand-picked attorney general someone he campaigned for he supported wholeheartedly tish james who's a very liberal agenda uh, attorney general has released these findings that his administration underreported these deaths by up to 50 percent this is a cover-up it, it, it simply put it's a cover-up uh because the governor knew how bad this looked it cuts into his narrative that he is uh, the supreme leader and, and the smartest person ever to serve as governor, the one that got COVID right. Well, New York State still has the most deaths to COVID-19. Uh, we have the most nursing home deaths of any state in America. There's many things that went wrong. I mean, certainly his closures have killed probably the most businesses of any state in America. So, you know, we take a, a, a lot of umbrage with his narrative that he's done everything right. I mean, just because he had a, a basically a television program every day talking to people as if he was running things correctly doesn't mean he was. He's got to be held to justice, and Tish James' report this week is the beginning of that justice. Nick, how do you think justice should appear if that, in fact, was the case? People are calling for Howard Zucker to resign. They're calling for Cuomo to resign. What would you like to see done? I, I mean, these, 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 these resignation calls, I mean, it, it's all well and good. We need an investigation, whether it be the federal government. I think the Department of Justice should come in here and do a real inquiry. There are people that I, I have come to know have resigned from the health department over this circumstance. They know the facts. They know that, that, that they were told to categorize things differently so that the people of the state of New York didn't understand the whole story. They need to be offered immunity. They need to be talking to investigators. And, and, and maybe it's Tish James' office that can take this up. I hope she has the political courage to take on this fight. I mean, it, it's tough to take on your own party. Uh, she started that process this week. I hope she'll continue upon that. I, I, I really I, I pray that she does have that courage. Uh, but if not, we need the federal investigators to come in here because, you know, Andrew Cuomo is a notorious micromanager. Uh, you know, there's stories that he's gone as far as to be the one that had to personally pick the color of subway platform tiles uh, when it was his project. Uh, he knows every decision that's made. The health department is not a separate entity. Uh, it's not, you know, independent of the governor's office. It's an arm of the governor's office. Howard Zucker doesn't make a move without Andrew Cuomo knowing about it, especially during COVID-19. And all of this cries for the state legislature to just get its act together. I mean, this emergency power uh, is 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 out of line at this point. We don't live in a democracy anymore. I mean, think about how many citizens 
business owners and the like, if they take matters into their own hands and go to court to go survive. And, and, and luckily, there's been judges that read the law correctly and reopened our businesses in many ways. But we need the state legislature to get back to work. We need Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Carl Hasty to have the courage to call for the removal of these emergency powers, no extensions. I mean, they, they expire on April 1st. If he has the audacity to try to put it in the budget, there needs to be an outcry like people have never had. Uh, we need to live in a democracy again in New York. Not This is not a monarchy. It's not a, it's not a dictatorship. Uh, he was not named supreme being. We have to have a democracy. And if they don't take their, their power back, the people have to start to take their power back. And we're working on some initiatives to, to get that going. But, Nick, to follow up on that, do you think that there are enough people in the Democrat Party that will vote against Governor Cuomo? I do. I don't believe that Andrew Cuomo is uh, a beloved figure. I think he is a feared figure more than anything. Uh, you notice uh, even the Buffalo News, uh, who's, you know, the, the, the editorial pages of the Buffalo News just slobber all over the governor. They love him so much. But the reporting said no Democrats came to the governor's aid this week. Uh, I think that tells the whole story. I mean, his support is a mile wide. It's an inch deep. He is, uh, you know, every every executive in the country, governors, county executives, their poll numbers went up during COVID-19. They were on TV wall to wall. I mean, it's a natural phenomenon. Uh, the governor's numbers in every one of these polls is, is start coming back down to earth as people see the real impact of these policies on, on our government. I mean, I, you know, Governor Christy Nome of uh, South Dakota, I was recently at an event with her, and she was our, our speaker for the luncheon. And she said, it's not COVID-19 that killed our economy. It's the government that killed our economy. And, you know, Governor Cuomo's got a sad record here of, you know, we lead the, the country in deaths to COVID. We lead the country in nursing home deaths to COVID, our most vulnerable population. Uh, you know, we have the worst business climate before COVID. Now, I, I mean, New York City, it's, it's, it's a ghost town. Uh, and that's, that's what... what you know, really drives our economy. And um, the the impact that his decisions have had on the future business climate, the future economy of New York, even in his own press, he says, we might be back to normal as an economy in New York by 2025. Well, I don't know who's in charge of turning the lights off, but a lot of people will be long gone by 2025 if, if the current trajectory is there. And that's why we need um, you know, to, to be working every single day to change this state, to take this state back for the people, uh, and to restore common sense again. Nick, since many Democrats have not come out in defense of him, as you point out, uh, are you able to work with your Democrat counterparts to try to get some changes made here? Does that help you in that regard? I, I, I welcome people of all party affiliations to stand up and just, let's make this place a state where we can have a future. I mean, us folks from upstate and Buffalo, uh, you know, this has been our narrative for years of people leaving here, friends, family members had to go somewhere else for, um, for better opportunities. I think, I think when you go to any city south of about Washington and you find the Bills backer bars there, you know, because so many of us have had to leave to be there because they had to go there for a better shot at life. It doesn't have to be that way. And, you know, if, if we just got our, our government in New York State back uh, dialed into, you know, what's right, not what is, you know, 
based on on uh, hyper partisan ideological politics because that's been the agenda. I mean, you watch, you know, Mark Polencar's has had to cancel, you know, COVID clinic after COVID clinic on this vaccine rollout, which has been an utter utter disaster. Uh, in in and I think if if you gave him some truth serum, he would he would do nothing but complain about the way uh, he's been micromanaged and bullied in this process by Governor Cuomo. Yet you have Kathy Hochul putting pop-up clinics uh, in certain neighborhoods in in Western New York, uh, giving out vaccine to fit, you know, the governor's political narrative. I mean, this is what's wrong. I mean, you know, they wanted to put it in the arms of prison inmates before our parents and grandparents uh, that are elderly got it. I mean, this is what is, is, is amiss in this state. We need to have that common sense comeback, uh, you know, whether you're a Democrat or independent or a Republican. I mean, we're getting crushed by taxes. Our businesses are, are, are being forced to close, and people are leaving here in droves. If we want a future, if we want our families to stay together, if we want to have a tomorrow in New York, we have to get our act together. Nick, you know, I also think it's amazing. The governor is the first to criticize states like Florida or pretty much any red state in the country. Uh, But you look at Florida's vaccine rollout, you look at other states in the South, they're getting vaccines to people a lot quicker than New York State is. So it's a double question here. Uh, Is the governor playing politics with the overall COVID? And where do you think the mess up was with vaccines in New York State? Well, um, you know, I'll, I'll touch on Florida for a minute. I, I had to go to Florida for the first meeting of the year of the Republican National Committee about three weeks ago. Um, you know, common sense restrictions in the in the county we were in, mask wearing uh, were necessary. But, you know, the, the hotel was open. Everything was, you know, they were serving people. It felt strange to be in a free state, to not be completely locked down. Uh, but their governor in their government doesn't peddle fear. Andrew Cuomo lives off of fear. His power emanates from fear. And, you know, we know a lot more about this virus now. What I find mind-boggling is the fact that we've known since the first week of COVID that our government was going to work on a vaccine. The the president put unprecedented uh, investment into Operation Warp Speed to bring us a vaccine in short order. How was there not a a just tight program put together for the vaccine distribution. I mean, whether the state wanted to handle it and have the National Guard run it and have it work like clockwork, or we were just going to go through private entities or just have the counties, which may be the best entity to distribute a vaccine because they know their communities best. But it's, a, it's another failure. I had a town hall this week uh, on video. It's on our Facebook page, the New York Republican State Committee's Facebook page, with four county executives around the state, all who have told how Cuomo has come in and stripped their counties of uh, vaccine distribution. He's opened up competing sites in their vicinities. Uh, and then now, while we were in the town hall, he said that the counties can no longer vaccinate uh, the 65 and up population, that's got to be handled by the state or the pharmacies. Uh, this is confusion. Seniors just want the injection. They just want to be safe again. And instead, they are absolutely flustered, frustrated. You go on the state's website. It said, I, I looked at it yesterday. The Buffalo site doesn't have any appointments available. 
Uh, people don't know how to get it. You watch the news, you see Poland cars is canceling clinic after clinic, and you have a senior population that's not as tech-savvy, and they're having a really hard time struggling with this. We need to cut through the red tape. We need to make this easy. The fact that he's had a year to figure this out, and it's the failure that it is, he ought to be ashamed of himself. For a lot. Nick, uh, Nick, switching gears for just a moment, we have a, a question on our text board for you about um, why has the New York State GOP and DNC through the New York State Elections Commission last year both signed off on election laws which removed some minor or third parties on the ballot? Any thoughts on that? No, there was a, uh, there was a commission in place that uh, the governor put in his budget uh, and passed two years ago, I believe, that had um, the future of minor parties dictated by how many votes they get in even-numbered years. So this was one of those years, and all the parties had to nominate candidates for the presidency. Uh, the governor's, you know, and, and, and my counterpart, the Democratic state chairman, was the chairman of this commission, and I raised holy hell about that at the time, that how can, it's like the fox guard in the hen house. This was an assault on minor parties. Uh, I was against it. I testified at commissions against it. And uh, if the com- if the parties did not receive 135,000 votes this year, they were uh, eliminated from the ballot, uh, eliminated from our ability to register in those parties. So we've lost the Independence Party. We've lost the Libertarian Party. Uh, we've lost um, the Green Party in this state, and perhaps uh, the SAM Party was the other one. So they will not be uh, permanent parties. Right now our permanent parties are Democrat, Republican, Conservative, and Working Families. They all qualified based on the amount of votes for president they received. I was against the, the governor's program, but this was vendetta-driven. Andrew Cuomo is about vendettas. He's about power, not about policy, not about you know anything more than the publicity he seeks. Nick, I'm sorry to ask you this question, but it's something that's been going through my mind the last few weeks. As we see this exodus of New York State, people moving to Florida uh, or throughout the country, my mindset is a lot of those voters, probably Republican voters, uh, do you think that is a problem long term for the New York Republican Party that has already lost so much power in Albany? Well, you know, listen, we have been down millions of votes in enrollment for years. Uh, and we aren't going to win elections without triangulating. I don't want to see a single person leave this state. I mean, I love this state. I, I, I want to stay here. I want to keep my family here. Uh, but unfortunately, some people have to leave. Or COVID-19 and the, and the restrictions have uh, made them, you know, think maybe I could have more economic freedom or more personal freedom somewhere else. That's a, it, It's a false decision that our government has placed in, on people's laps. Uh, it's not just about the weather. It's 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 a lot about our lifestyle here, and um, I I think that we have to present. You know, I'm not out there fighting for some vast right wing agenda. We're fighting for common sense in this state. I mean, I know you're going to have Senator Ward on here later. I mean, he's not out there, you know, trying to to you know bring uh, you know deep south policies to the Northeast in, in in a state like New York. He's out there trying to get this to be a competitive economy again. Uh, you know, it, it's it's sad that all of our best jobs in, in a place like Western New York, where we have an amazing workforce and great people, you know, it, it's 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 either not for profits or, or or 
organizations or government entities that that's all subsidized by the government. We need to have an economy like Florida where the private sector can thrive. I mean, I you know uh, I know you're a big sports guy, so I mean, I was reading some things about potential trades for football players, and there are certain states that they didn't want to go play for different teams because the cost of being in those states on a tax basis would be so high. Oh yeah, I mean, think- this tax impact is real. People are making decisions on their future based on you know where will I be able to keep more of my money? Maybe I'll have to make less if I move to Florida. And, and I know this is an issue in the greater New York City area where you know we're dealing with it left and right as corporations go to relocate to Florida. The employees might make less, but they'll come out ahead because they don't have to pay the thirteen percent. You know, personal income tax because Florida has none. I mean, it, it's uh, we have to wake up. There's not going to be anyone left to pay the bills in this state, uh, and, and all the very generous programs New York State provides to people. Uh, it, it, it's it, you know, liberals don't understand. Eventually, you run out of other people's money, <laughs> and state governments can't print more. So um, you know, we either have to get real, or it's going to be gone. Nick, uh, Joe, and I appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday morning to join us. Uh, stay safe as you travel across the state, and we look forward to talking with you next time. Thanks very much. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, Joe, in just a moment, we'll talk to Bishop Michael Fisher, the new bishop of the Buffalo Diocese. And then later in the show, uh, State Senator Rob Ort in the 11 o'clock hour, and uh, University Council Member Rashid Wyatt in the 1130 segment. So much more to come right here on Higher Line yeah, on uh, WBEN. Brenda, it's, it's a packed show, and uh, we'll keep it here while we wait for the bishop to call in. Uh, he has now uh, been around Buffalo. Now, I understand not being able to really see much of the city because of COVID-19, uh, but I think he's probably gotten a good uh, idea of the sports fever in Buffalo, right, with the Buffalo Bills. And uh, now the Sabres playing well, as uh, yes. we saw yesterday, and hopefully we'll see today. I, I, hey, I have nothing against Lindy Ruff, but I don't mind seeing him walk out of here with two losses. Uh, the Sabres have to grab every point they can possibly get their hands on. So uh, I have great respect for Lindy Ruff, but I was happy to see the Sabres uh, come out with a victory. It was nice to see Eichel uh, win it in the shootout, and Linus Allmark is playing out of his mind. So some good signs for the team. I think they're starting to gel, and uh, a lot of new pieces that Ralph Kruger has to play with, and it's going to take a little time. But unfortunately, there's not a lot of time because it's a truncated season. It's a short so, season, uh, and you're chasing yeah. the same teams that you have to play eight times. You know, it's, it sucks that we can't see the, the Maple Leafs this year. You know, that's uh, something I'm not too used to, not being able to play the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs six times a season. That's my favorite rivalry with the Sabres for sure, Joe. I mean, you know, we have some great rivalries with Philly and with Boston, but uh, I love when Toronto comes to town and you just see the fans. And sometimes it would irritate me because sometimes you'd feel like you were in Toronto. There were so many Maple Leaf fans at the arena. (laughs) I don't like going back (laughs) to those seasons, Brenda. No, that's for sure. But it's still weird to not see uh, people in the stands, at least with the Sabres playing another matinee today. It kind of scratches that itch since we don't have the Bills this week. Exactly. Um, And unfortunately, things did not go well for our boys last week. But the future is bright.
The, fu- the future is bright. And Brenda, I was talking yes uh, to, to Randy this morning. You know, I, I had a drive through downtown during the game yesterday, listening to it on the radio. And it was so weird not seeing people around the arena uh, before the kick, before the faceoff, I'm sorry, and after the game. You know, it's just, it's even though we did a whole bill season like this, it is so surreal to be right by the venue where this big game is going on and there is no commotion. Yes, very, very strange indeed. Uh, the uh, bishop is attempting to get through to us, and I think we're in. So, Joe, I'll, I'll uh, ask you to let me know how things are going back at the station there. We are good to go, Brenda. Okay, excellent. All right, it's a pleasure to welcome Bishop Michael Fisher to Hardline. Bishop, good morning. Thank you for your time today. Good morning, and thank you for uh, having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's Brenda Alacy here along with my co-host Joe Beamer on Hardline. And, Bishop, you uh, were recently installed uh, earlier this month as the 15th Bishop of the Buffalo Diocese. How has uh, the first couple of weeks gone for you in your new setting? Well, e- extremely busy. I've been, uh, uh, my hours are filled with, with meeting people and groups, and uh, I've been able to get out. Uh, uh, even, uh, I know we're, we're still trying to to uh, uh, deal with the lockdown of the pandemic, but, but uh, it, it's not keeping me from, from I think, visiting a number, in fact, parishes. Uh, so, uh, my, again, my hours have been filled with those, those sort of uh, uh, things, um, and uh, I'm just also experiencing the, the culture and the life here in, in Buffalo, my, my new home. You know, uh, Bishop, for a long time, I was a parishioner at Blessed Trinity Church, and there are some magnificent churches in this area, uh, many of which have been, you know, put on historic preservation lists. Have you had a chance to see some of the the beautiful churches? Are you able to get around even though uh, we're in the midst of the pandemic? Uh, Yes, I have. Uh, In fact, the the night before my installation, we celebrated Vespers, uh, night prayer, uh, with the, with uh, a, a number of the priests of the diocese at the uh, um, at the basilica, Our Lady of Victory Basilica, what a magnificent church! Uh, I mean, it's something that, that would rival any of the churches in Rome, but uh, a beautiful place. Uh, uh, it's a place I certainly want to go back and experience the, the legacy again of Father Nelson uh, uh, Baker. Uh, uh, that's sort of an older, uh, beautiful-looking church. I, I also had the opportunity to go out to one of our more modern, very vibrant uh, parishes, uh, St. Gregory the Great, uh, and uh, that was uh, a beautiful experience. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There, I, I met a number of the, the youth ministers uh, that, that are very engaged out there. And uh, just the, the school, the, the, all the children had signs up on the, on the classroom, so welcoming me. Uh, they weren't there. On, uh, they had already gone home, but I had to make sure I went into each of the classrooms to pick up their, uh, their notes to me. It's kind of like Santa Claus picking up his cookies. You know? <laughs> so. Uh, it, it was so that's been wonderful and uh uh today i'm 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 going out to another parish so so i am uh trying to experience all the different uh parishes on martin luther king day i went to uh, st anthony's which uh was was a wonderful wonderful uh celebration uh of his life and legacy and um the sister uh uh roberto uh, gave a wonderful talk and uh, i just uh, again i'm i'm um, edified by the, the faith and and the joy of the people. Bishop, it's uh, it's Joe Beamer. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, so you've been uh, you've been here for a few weeks now, and uh, what can you tell us about the state of the Catholic diocese in Buffalo? Well, it's it, it's certainly as I said, I th- it, there's it's live and well. We we have our challenges uh, certainly um, with the the. Uh, uh, the chapter 11 bankruptcy and the the ag uh, suit but at the same time we're i i see there's a desire on the part of the people here to to move the the the, the church uh forward in, in in hope and 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 spreading the gospel message i uh one of the events i went to was uh, catholic charities uh, uh, one of the uh, food pantries there and and uh, I've met with a number of the charitable organizations. So there, there's a real desire to see um, the church continue its mission of, of service and, uh, and care and education uh, for our children and, and for those who depend on us. So, uh, I, again, I, 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 I'm very uh, hopeful uh, in, in, in all of this that, uh, that the good is, is certainly going to uh, to help us in the days ahead. For sure. And Bishop, just to talk about that chapter 11 real quick in the lawsuits, uh, are you or is the diocese reaching out to those members who may have been part of the lawsuit and um, trying to heal with them? Uh, yes, uh, I've, I've, I've expressed uh, certainly 
the desire and, and openness to, to those who have been victims, survivors, uh, to, to meet with me. Uh, we're, we're trying to kind of um, uh, get some control of my calendar. I, a lot of people do want to meet with me, and I'm very much open to that. So I'm just uh, asking a little patience. You know, as, as we set the calendar for, for, for those meetings, uh, as, a, as a part of my ministry as a uh, auxiliary bishop in Washington was to, uh, to help with, with the uh, retreats that we would give to, to re, uh, survivor victims. And, and those helped me understand, I think, the, the, the need that the church has to, to have this outreach. So I, I do hope to do that. Um, I, I still want to, uh, you know, look at how we can do that in a more in, in the most effective way. But uh, again, I'm, I'm open to, to meeting with them and hearing about their uh, their uh, their situations and how, again, I might be a part of, of the healing process. Bishop, uh, you succeeded uh, Richard Malone, who was under pretty intense scrutiny for about 18 months, and then Bishop Edward Scharfenberger took over temporarily. And during that time, uh, there was a very strong laity group uh, that formed to try to restore confidence in the Catholic Church. Have you had an opportunity to meet with some of the members of that group or other members of the laity? Yeah, um, some of them. Uh, some of them have been on, I think, we have different, as you know, leadership bodies within the uh, the, the diocese, the the, past, the, the the diocesan pastoral council, the finance council. All of those I have uh, have, have been meeting with and and, and and engaged some of those members. Uh, I know the Mission to Restore Trust was another group that I haven't met with yet, but I have been uh, I've had communication from them and with them. But intend to uh, uh, to uh, reach out to them in the the week uh, ahead here to to try to uh, uh, again uh, um, sort of narrow it down to to their their concerns and, and and their recommendations. I'm very much open to to the work that they did. I think part of that was also uh, dovetailed into uh, the recommendations for the road to renewal, which uh, we're we're trying to again, uh, sort of kickstart at, at this time with, with the diocese. You know, it's very difficult, obviously, in a pandemic to have uh, face-to-face meetings and conversations with people. And you're walking into, uh, I think, you know, a pretty daunting task here to try to right the ship, if you will, Bishop. And as a Catholic, uh, what would you say to me or others who have their faith and, and no pun intended, shaken in the Catholic Church by what's been happening uh, in this diocese. How, what can you do to restore our confidence in the Church? Well, I, I, you know, I look at the Gospel today. The Gospel today is where Jesus uh, goes into the synagogue in Capernaum, and it says that he teaches with authority, and that they had never seen, <clears throat> excuse me, anybody like that before, and and I think that's that's a message for all of us that that uh, the mission and the good news is what Jesus has to say to us, and that that's what we need to be focused on. As a bishop, as a priest, as a pastor, our job is to 
to, to present that Word of God to our people with faith, hope, and love. And, and they need to know that we're genuine, that we're transparent, and that we're presenting the truth uh, of the Lord. Uh, not Mike Fisher's truth, but the, 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 the Lord's truth. So I think encouraging our people to, to, to focus, again, on what is the true mission of the Church, and that's, that's the good news of, of our Lord. Uh, their faith, you know, their, their faith uh, to be enlightened. Um, leaders are going to fail. You know, we're, we're, we're all sinners, but we also have that potential, hopefully, to be saints. And um, uh, uh, that's what uh, I hope to, to again, um, help uh, walk with our people to journey, to accompany them in their, their call to holiness. Um, so um, that, that's what keeps me... Uh, that's what keeps me zealous and and uh, um, you know, happy. I'm a I'm a priest and a bishop. Yes, and you have a unique background too, Bishop Fisher, with a, a degree in business administration and accounting uh, from the University of Maryland. How does that help you uh, in your current role? It's kind of an unusual set of skill set, uh, an unusual skill set that you bring to the table. Well, um, certainly. Um, the church uh, is not it's not a business it's it's a family of faith but at the same time um you know the, uh i i think a, a, the degree in, in accounting uh, has given me a uh an orderly way of looking at organizations and uh a, a way of uh of planning and uh a way of 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 uh of, of looking at how we can be accountable and transparent. So I, I hope to bring at least that understanding. I'm not going to do those things. I have to rely on the good laity who, who have, who are the CPAs, who, you know, who are the doctors, who are the psychologists, psychiatrists. Uh, we have to rely on the gifts that they bring. As a priest, as a bishop, I think one of the most important things that we do is to identify the gifts of our people and ask them to put that to work in our church, to, to be of service to, to, to God's people. So, um, you know, there's, there's uh, that education I value and, 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 and certainly uh, uh, will call upon uh, my, uh, my experience in, in that way, and hopefully it's, it's, it's made me a more organized person. Uh, and uh, though, uh, um, you know, as, as, as we move ahead. So, um, as, as we look at the organization of the diocese, and uh, I think uh, that, that uh, those skills will help me. Well, Bishop, who would have thought moving from the Washington-Baltimore area to Buffalo would actually mean you dodged a snowstorm? <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling uh, people, well, where is this snow that you all keep talking about? <laughs> But, but maybe I shouldn't speak too soon. No, hopefully you'll have to wait. You'll have to wait a while to uh, to see the snow we're talking about. Well, Bishop Fisher, it's the second time you've joined us, and we hope we get to talk to you again very soon. Oh, absolutely! Uh, thank you so much, and I'm um, I'm grateful. And uh, again, God bless you and 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 the, the word and, and the good work that you do. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Bishop Fisher. Thank you. And we will talk to you again very, very soon. Brenda, um, before we go to break, uh, there is one thing I wanted to talk about today uh, that we don't have a guest for, and we have some extra time here. Have you followed the GameStop 
saga from this week? Yes, I have. I've uh, I actually really enjoyed the SNL skit last night on there too. Did you see it? <laughs> I have not seen it yet. I, <laughs> I, I missed my SNL. Usually, I watch SNL during the uh, seven o'clock ABC show here on WBEN. <laughs> but I giving away your trade secrets, Joe. <laughs> but I uh, I missed it. But you know, now I have not a dime in the stock market. But watching the uh, the chaos throughout the week, and then obviously if Barstool's involved, I'm going to start you know uh, paying attention to it and seeing the uh, the news and the um, watching CNBC, watching these stocks, you know GameStop, something that you know, I've been there a few times. I, I like to play games, uh, but it's just so interesting how it was one Reddit user. That convinced people to, hey, let's buy these stocks up and to now see the fallout and what people are learning. Brenda, I'm sorry to inform people of this. I didn't know what a hedge fund was until Wednesday. Well, you know, I think that's true, Joe, for a lot of people, because you hear these terms and you think, gee, really, what does that mean? And I, I read up about hedge funds a few years ago when I ran into a woman at a coffee shop and she told me her husband wants to be a hedge fund manager. And I just kind of nodded and said, oh, that sounds interesting. But I wasn't quite sure what that was. And uh, I looked it up and, you know, learned a little bit more about it. But it's amazing the ripple effect that that one person has had. And then just learning about sites like the whole Robin Hood site, Joe, that was yep. another revelation. Robin Hood that, you know, their entire thing was, hey, we're not going to tell you how to trade. You can trade for free through this app. Well, Again, there will be investigation on top of investigation. We already know of one here in this state. Uh, the state of Texas is conducting an investigation. I do expect the federal government to do an investigation. Uh, but it'll be very interesting who got to these apps like Robinhood, like E-Trade, and said, hey, you know, make sure you can only sell this stock. Uh, it'll be very interesting what, what happened. And uh, I'm going to tell you, Brenda, there will be a movie on last week uh, in the coming years. Yes, uh, I think about the Wolf of Wall Street and movies like that. Well, now, fast forward to 2021 and look at all of the technology we have. You know, buying it on your app. You know, that's not something that existed even a few years ago. So, yeah, I think there's going to be, it almost would be like a mystery movie, Joe, because there's so many components involved here uh, about how this happened and who the players are that, (laughs) you know, we're seeing it in real life. But I think uh, there's a lot to be said that we haven't learned so far and much more to come, certainly. It's funny you mentioned the Wolf of Wall Street because Jordan Belfort has been making the rounds this week. I saw him on CNN and Fox News. And, you know... (laughs) Now, I had seen him right after Wolf of Wall Street came out, but wow, did Leonardo DiCaprio mimic his accent almost to a T. Yes, that movie is phenomenal. And, you know, I watched it a couple of times because it seems like, you know, there are certain movies that when you come upon them as you're flipping around, you think, okay, I'm only going to watch it for five minutes. And then you get sucked into it. And that movie is one of them. The scene where he was crawling down the steps, you know, never fails to have me howling. And the whole Jonah Hill thing with his teeth, you know, there's so many fun things in that movie. But it is almost a, a reflection of what's happening with how out of control these stocks can get and the impact it has on the economy. Yeah, and, you know, as someone who worked in retail, and I know people have made their living this way, but it, it, there's something nice about, you know, there, there were a group of people are banking on this retail establishment to fail, and you know, someone said, no, we're not going to let that happen. Um, and to see GameStop, to see Bed Bath and Beyond, BlackBerry, which I didn't even know was still a company, uh, to see those companies, you know, hey, 
defy the odds, I guess. Uh, It's been very interesting, very informative too, Brenda. You know, you learn something every day. That has definitely been, for me, this week. I mean, the things I didn't know about Wall Street that I have learned in the last couple of days, uh, again, uh, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're always learning and something informative like this, now you know what certain things are. Yeah, and it helps, I think, make it uh, understandable for folks who don't uh, swim in those waters. Uh, there are a lot of terms and, and uh, types of businesses that are, are so unique to Wall Street and the stock market and you know even uh, mutual fund investing, that kind of stuff, where your eyes might glaze over when you think about that stuff. But when you realize that there was this grassroots level that just took off, uh, I think it makes it all the more appealing and you know accessible to the common person who doesn't traffic in that day in and day out. So fascinating story. Uh, much more to come on this, Joe. I think the it's just beginning with the whole GameStop phenomenon. Oh yeah, like I said, I think we'll hear of investigations announced this week. And Brenda, you know that's where uh, the politics get involved. And who knows, we might have someone talking about a state investigation next Sunday. But the, right. the, the thing with a show like this and with, with politics in 20, I was about to say 2011, wow, in 2021 <laughs> is I couldn't tell you what the political story is going to be tomorrow morning, let alone next Sunday. That's what makes it so interesting. And yet at the same time, it's, uh, it's important, I think, to step away sometime because a constant diet of news, you know, which just doesn't stop 24-7. The cycle is there, and there are a lot of outlets and places to get your news. It can become overwhelming for people's mental health. So uh, we try to be informative and balanced on this show. Joe and I do week in and week out on Hardline. Uh, and But we want to hear your opinions and see what you think about the news of the day, the current events, the guests we have. But it's important, I think, to have some balance in one's life. Get outside and walk or you know do some physical activity because consuming it day in and day out can be overwhelming if yeah if you're one of these people that are going to follow the impeachment trial for you know hours on day after day when it starts a week from tomorrow i would suggest this week take in very little news and try to just cleanse the palate um, because I, I think that impeachment trial is going to get ugly. I think the coverage of it is going to be nonstop, and you put a, pand- a pandemic on top of that. Uh, just, yeah, like Brenda said, make sure you step away. Make sure you give yourself some time for I'm big on this. If you follow me on Twitter, give you some time for you, because you can criticize everyone you want, but if you're not paying attention to you, if you're not taking care of you, all that criticism is for naught. Absolutely. Uh, but make sure you stay with us 10 to noon every Sunday, 10 a.m. through noon. Um, and this week, Joe, you know, we had Nick Langworthy on in the first uh, half hour. And I'd be interested in people's comments about what uh, the state committee chairman had to say uh, about um, about what's happening with Governor Cuomo. And from his perspective, he's the GOP state committeeman, of course. But there are a lot of uh, bipartisan uh thoughts and comments about what's happening with Governor Cuomo's stance on nursing home and the underreporting, as Tish James, the AG, pointed out. So that is a story, Joe, that will not go away anytime soon on both sides of the aisle. No, and, and, you know, it's for a governor, and and again, this is going to be a little commentary, uh, but it's for a governor who continuously talks about how, you know, we shouldn't make COVID-19 political. And, And Brenda, I mean, I don't think anything he's done lately has been science. Now, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for businesses being able to operate. I'm all for small, uh, you know, for restaurants to be able to have some sort of indoor dining. Uh, but the guy who, for 
now 10 months was saying everything was science-based. Well, that proved to not be true. And now, you know, he's lost lawsuit after lawsuit. I don't know who's lost more in court, Governor Cuomo or Donald Trump, you know, and uh, you're starting to see things open. But he is the last person who should be able to say, don't make this political, because I think a lot of what he's done, it it all started when he begged President Trump to have the hospital ship come to New York. President Trump did it, and then Andrew Cuomo didn't use it. Why didn't he use it? That's for you to, I guess, you to make the assumption. Personally, I think he wanted to do whatever he could to make sure he had ammunition to go after uh, President Trump and to be part of the Joe Biden campaign, and you saw that at the DNC. Yes, and I wondered if he really thought he was a shoe-in to become the uh, AG uh, for our country, and in fact, that certainly did not work out for Andrew Cuomo. Well, and, so, and good, for, uh, good to the Biden administration that it didn't. Can you imagine if he was part of that administration and that report came out? Right. Uh, what a disaster that would be. Uh, it'll be interesting, Joe, to see what State Senator Rob Ort has to say about this. He is the minority leader in the State Senate, and he immediately called for the ouster of Howard Zucker, uh, the state health commissioner. So we'll hear from Senator Ort uh, right after the 11 o'clock news here on Hardline. And your texts and calls are most welcome at 716-803-0930. And we will be back after Allen's News here on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 